going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 96 of the Varbar podcast. My name is Jake. I'm your resident Chelsea fan. And this week, I once again have the absolute honour of hosting the VBP podcast. Let's hear from the lads today. How are we all doing, boys? Yo, good. Yo. Oh, good. good, man. Uh, yeah, Active man. as always. That's what we like to hear. That's what we really like to hear. So, listeners, we are jumping right into it. We've just watched the um, debacle of the Forest versus Arsenal game. We'll get into all of that later. We're going to be covering all the FA Cup games, the Carabao Cup in midweek. But firstly, boys, I do want to talk about the January transfer window. Normally, it can be a bit boring, but this year it has started off quite exciting, I would say so. Mm. So the first major move that happened was Kieran Trippier joining Newcastle. So the 31-year-old has left Atletico in a £12 million move as the regime's first signing. He's the first Newcastle player to break the £100,000 a week barrier. Um, Chart, I'm going to go to you first. What impact do you think he's going to have for this Newcastle team on the pitch? Absolutely nothing. Them and there are dreadful, bro. Like they're they're so dead. I think I I think you might add the odd like the odd whip here and there where like a back post header or something. But in terms of like he ain't coming to like save them from relegation and stuff. And I think I read somewhere that um Callum Wilson's out for eight weeks now. So who is he? Joel Linton. Oh, yeah, it's tight, man. He's, fin- he's finished, man. He's finished. I was actually laughing, though, because um, I was uh, listening to his interview when he joined about like wanting to sort of like challenge himself and blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, just say it with your chest, bro. You came for the bag. Like, it's like that. we don't need to like, we don't need to be lied to. Obviously, I know you're trying to probably like keep in the good books of, of the Newcastle fans, but there's no way in hell you're leaving Atletico Madrid, who are what are guaranteed almost basically Champions League or are fighting for Champions League, let's say football, for Newcastle, for the challenge in it. It's just he was he was a starter there as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's not like he struggled against the team. He was a starter. Yo, there. Simeone wanted to keep him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, he's yeah, he's come for the bag in it. But in terms of what he's gonna do on a pitch, man, nah man. He's he's, he's they they're beyond finished, I think, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean they have got a tough job in their hands keeping themselves up. I think Trippier might be a part of that. But as you say, his attacking contributions are going to be directly linked to who's going in front of goal. And Jalinton, he can have two good games and he's never going to impress me. Exactly. Um, Drew, I want to hear from you. Obviously, the new everything talking about Newcastle, it was a case of they're going to struggle for signings because of their relegation battle. You Now, other players are going to see that they've signed a La Liga winner who has apparently given up this challenge. Charles reckons it's for the bag, and I think that's completely fair. Do you reckon that reckon, sorry, that will actually help them off the pitch with any more transfers coming in? Um, that's a good question, man. Because right now, obviously, they're out of the F- FA Cup. Um, so there's kind of like nothing to play for 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 Newcastle in terms of like a trophy, other than just don't relegate. So I'm not sure if Newcastle at the moment is attractive to anyone at the moment. I think Newcastle would only be attractive to players like, uh, yeah, I don't know, like Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, Oregi, that, yeah, Those type of players that, you know, have they have a big name-ish, um, but that are kind of like, you know, finished at their current clubs. And, you know, they know that they're going to start and collect the bag. Uh, so not similar, not so, sorry, not similar to like Kieran Trippier, who started at a top team anyway, but... These done is that you know, like an Enketia, those type yeah. of players, yeah. I think, but then they, I feel like the issue with that is that, like, especially with where they are now, like, it, like what sort of motivation are these players coming? Like, Aaron, that's Ramsey, what I'm saying on paper, great signing, but is he coming really to, like for a relegation? That's what, like, that's what that's what I'm what saying mean, so. because there's no trophy to play for now. Mm. I don't know, it's, 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 it's tight, tight, man. It's, it's tight, very, tight. very tight, yeah. I, I completely agree with you because I think. Kenna, you can see it from my point of view here. Like, I can easily see Newcastle pulling an Everton where you sign these big names, like you think Yerry Mina, Lucas Digne, Andre Gomez, who you'd think we'd have this great impact, as Drew and Charles saying, but then their motivation is lacking. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's so peak, man. For them to make up this deficit, I think it's just a striker. If they can get someone decent who can bag them, for example, 10 goals till the end of the season, they have a chance, but... They're so washed at the minute. So, so mm-hmm. washed. Yeah. Well, 
Prez then, so my question would be to finish up on Newcastle, how much do you think they should do this window? Do you think they should absolutely go for it? Like I'm hearing from the Athletic, they want to make between four and six signings. Do you think that's the right strategy or do they almost give up on this year and go, let's just consolidate ourselves, really evaluate who we've got in this squad and then in the summer just attack it with everything we've got? Yeah, I think it's it's really, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because if if we think about where they could be in the summer, um, you know, they could potentially be a championship team in the summer. At least at the moment, they have um, being in the Premier League currently, albeit we don't know for how long, but they have that as their bargaining chip and could attract a certain level of player at the moment still. So maybe they just kind of throw all their, put, put all their chips in the middle and try and get like decent quality players who are attracted by the prospects of the Premier League. Um, and obviously, of course, the money over and above everything else. But yeah, I would say that going for the players that they can right now as a Premier League club um, and then, you know, re- kind of rebuild, should they get relegated into the championship, rebuild with those players that, that they've signed. Um, I don't know if they're, they're actually thinking that far ahead, but that's kind of in my mind what kind of makes sense. But yeah. Yeah, no, I get that completely. I get that completely. Um, we'll move on from Newcastle. The other major signing that's happened is the return of Coutinho to the Premier League. So he has joined Aston Villa and his former teammate, Stevie G. So the former £100 million man is on loan for the rest of the season. So Villa are paying 65% of his wages, which is around 125 grand. I've been seen as reported. And they have an option for 33 million at the end of the year for the permanent move. Now, he took a wage cut, innit? Say again, sorry? He took a wage cut, though, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he took a wage cut and then he's paid the rest of that. But which is still apparently not enough to register Ferran Torres, but that's a completely different matter. Mm. Um, Drew and Ken, I want to hear from you because obviously Coutinho being a former Liverpool player, what do you have expectation-wise for him, given that really ever since he's moved to Barca, his fitness, his form just have been lacking? Like I looked it up before the pod. He hasn't played a full 90 minutes since he played for Bayern, and that was March 2020. I take for leap. Now, nah, I've got no expectations, to be honest. Literally none of why he could literally turn up with two assists till the end of the season, if that, and I wouldn't be surprised. So it's just a case of what he can do under Stevie G. I don't even know what position he'll play because 10, you'd you'd guess it will be Buendia because they only spent 30 million, 35 million he'll in the play, summer he'll for play him. His best position so on the left, eight, man. Off, but they don't really play. Yeah. They, they play a 4 2 3 1 with yeah, Buendia yeah. in the 10. So I would assume he'll play on the left. But then the past couple of games when Ings has come back, it's been Watkins, Watkins on the left yeah. and Ings up front. So like it brings up, it's, it's good, um, what's the right word? It's good issues to have of where you've got quite a few good players, but yeah, man. Sounds I hope Stevie can get playing. Yeah, but then in, in an ideal situation, what do you actually do? do yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think um for my, well, sorry, go on, Drew. I want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, no, I agree with Kenner, man. Like, I think I said it on the chat as well. Like, I'm not expecting that much. Um, the only thing is that obviously he is someone that's used to the prem and that's used to you know this gong ho type of football. So maybe um, when it's all said and done, the prem suits him more than La Liga, where it's more slow paced, position based. Um, so maybe in that sense, it might click for him. Um, I'm not sure, but based on the evidence of the last couple of seasons, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not holding my breath, man. He's yeah. Two assists, couple of goals, that's it. But it's not gonna it's not gonna lie up, I think, man. Yeah, I, I I personally I can't see him being the game winner that we all knew he was at Liverpool. I think just like say, like not having a full night since March twenty twenty, you're gonna take so long just to ramp up to true match fitness or sharpness. And then by that point, and it's it's just gonna take him far too long to get him because you've got to get used to your teammates at that. Like I, when I when I saw this move being reported, I immediately thought of the James Rodriguez move to Everton. You're taking a risk on a manager that you know, well in this case it's because you know it's a teammate. It's going with them really to try and reinvigorate your career because if this doesn't work for Coutinho, it's the MLS or Qatar, right? There's nothing else for him in my view. 
So yeah, it could be finished. It could be finished. Yeah, which would a sad way to go out, but it is what it is. Um, Pres, I want to ask you this because we were just Kenan was just saying it. The absolute roadblock they've now got up front for Villa. Like you've got to try and fit in Watkins, Ings. Leon Bailey is a non-factor because he's actually missed more games than he's played. But when he has played, he's looked pretty good. You've got Buendia, who they paid £40 million for. You've now got Coutinho coming in with his name, the amount of outlay they're going to put out for him. Like, How do you see Stevie G fitting all of these players? Traore when he's back from the African Combination. Brilliant. Yeah, completely forgot about Traore. Yeah. How do you see that all fitting and melding in? Yeah, I I don't really see it, if I'm honest. I mean, unless... You, what Stevie G, in my opinion, needs to do is is kind of nail down who he believes is going to be his front or, or his forward players going forward. So his starting 11 um, and his starting forwards that are going to, you know, the guys he trusts every week um, in the Premier League to play. He's going to need to nail that down above, above everything else. And within that... We, you would say probably Watkins, um, Ings, and um, you know if we're looking at forward options, when DR are you know the three players that you can see him sort of playing week in week out. But then Leon Bailey is is probably you know less of a an issue because of his struggles with fitness and um, he's been him being in and out of the team. But yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tricky one for him to manage, and probably one of his biggest tests as the the new Aston Villa manager to to to, to you know overcome. So it'll be you, interesting to see how he plays it, man. Do you guys think he he might go? He might switch tactics and formation. Like I was thinking that as well. A yeah, play a four three three like he did exactly. at Rangers to accommodate, especially to accommodate the likes of Coutinho coming exactly, in as well. Exactly, yeah. Because so, I think um, Inks Inks would hold bench, man, and then he'll play. Mm-hmm. Probably Coutinho, from three of Coutinho, uh, what's his name? Um, Watkins and um, Buendia, maybe. Buendia, yeah. 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 Or, well, play, or I, play him in the eight. Or play Coutinho or in play the eight. Or play him in the eight, yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great options. I think, like, I remember when Gerard first got announced for Villa, like, reading articles on his and he was saying how much he wants his fullbacks to gain his width. And so Matty Cash is going to have a lot of opportunities if you've got players like Buendia and Coutinho cutting in. And then it's literally just been reported as well that, Villa look like they're going to be signing Lucas Digne for a deal between 20 and 25 million. Now, like great signing for them if they feel Yeah, because that Matt Target, man, whack. Yeah. <laughs> Can't defend yeah. for Toffee. Go on, Charles. Tell Yo, me, I've tell got him in my FPL, man. How many points has he got you? Bro, he's collecting. Every time I watch him, I feel like he gets spun. Like every time I watch him, I remember who was it? The Lukaku game. Oh, when Lukaku yeah. just gave him the shoulder, I was like, bro, this guy is whack, man. Like, uh... Wasn't Target as well? Like, I think one of their players of the year last year. Like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. He's not that bad, man. No, no, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. But just his face, his name. Yeah, he just gives me like. I said his face. Gives me like Sunday League vibes. You yeah, know man. But oh, but they're also linked to Bissouma. You know, I've, I've read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants to yeah. grab him if he grabs him. That Gerard Paul, man, might it be a problem. Be like, that's another thing I was actually going to mention, to be fair. Like, mate, if they get that Lucas Dinier and then obviously they've got Coutinho and if, they, yeah, if they're serious about Pesuma, then my God, that, that Gerard's got a pool like no other because that is, that is a, that's a nuts free signings, isn't it? Bear in mind, Aston Villa actually have quite a strong squad as it is. Mm. Um, and for like a team that's not exactly. challenging, not challenging for Europe and stuff like that. So like... The fact that they're actually going to back him like that—that's that's a that's a big statement, man. It's, it's, it's more posi- positional problems, though. I mean, if Basuma mm-hmm. comes in, like you have the likes of Douglas Luiz, who are who you know we've spoken about and and praised quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Do, does he McGinn. get displaced? McGinn, yeah, McGinn as well, and even apparently um, Gerard really rates that Jacob Ramsey youngster. Oh, he's a baller, man. Player, man. He's a baller. Well. So what do you do with him? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's options. Man. I rate it. It's options, man. It's already a better bench than us. If I do the maps, <laughs> bro, good man. No, I mean, I, I get it from Villa's point of view. They have, like, especially since the summer, you got to think just the sheer amount of outlay they've put in. And But if you want to compete, because I'm guessing Villa's obviously aim really is to break into that top six, yeah. Yeah. you've got to spend it. And you'd rather have these problems of depth and trying to manage the egos because it sounds like from what Jared be, he would be a very clear communicator. And if you're not going to work with it, then... You can leave. Yeah. So yeah. I, as a Villa fan, I would be excited. Whether or not all these signings are going to work, at least there's ambition there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, bro. Because let's 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 oh, hold on. Sorry, press. Like, mm-hmm. hold on now, nah, nah, Kenner. Because Villa's looking decent. Let's go from the back. So they got Martinez, who's a top goalkeeper. Konza mm-hmm. is a good centre back who who may reach the top with a soon. dunk. With a dunk next so that to Minks, him. That Minks might get replaced in the summer. I don't know mm-hmm. who they. I don't know who they can. Who they who's linked with them? And then they have who's um Lucas D. Cash and D. Cash. And then in midfield, who Ramsey, Basuma, McGinn. Louise, bro, it's mm. nice. But if Coutinho clicks, it's long, bro. They got a better set than mid pairing than we do, bro. Bro, <laughs> a lot of teams, man. <laughs> then a lot of teams. But don't you think? Don't you think? Just like sort of conversely, yeah. Dean, like this back in financially didn't start with Gerard, didn't it? Like Dean no. Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. did get back in um, mm. as the manager, and you know the results did not. You know the results yeah. did not reflect. Um, yeah. So do you think that he'll Gerard will get? You know. Grace almost if things don't quite go I his way. Personally think he will because it's Christian Perslow who is the CEO on the ground for That's Villa. his guy, man. That's yeah. his guy. Like I apparently Perslow was saying, like, ever since Jared got into coaching, it's like I want him to be my manager when I next have a project. So I think he gets Grace purely from a personal connection, whether or not he deserves it. But I mean, so far, Villa, they look like they've improved under Gerard. Yeah, the last thing I was about to say, even have, on like a, on a on a football level, I think like Gerard's what you class as like a modern day coach, isn't he? So and I think obviously don't get me wrong, Dean Smith for what it's worth is he's not a, a bad coach or like a shit manager or for any for any for any stretch of imagination. But I think under sort of like a new way of like looking at football basically, Steven Gerrard should potentially get the best out of these players. So yeah, I think he has the grace period that he's Steven Gerrard plus I definitely think he'll give like you gotta give him a while to obviously make sure that he molds the team into the image that he wants he wants him to play. I so, think get top top ten. And then kick on in the summer. I think it'll be a there, problem yeah. next year, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. Definitely. Perfect. Right, well, we've got to move on from the transfer talk, lads. And we're going to go to the midweek Carabao Cup game. So my beloved Chelsea were the only game because of Liverpool's need to delay due to COVID outbreak in their squad against Arsenal. So that has been delayed to next week and the week after. But Chelsea had the honour of beating Spurs at Stamford Bridge, as it usually happens. Chelsea beat them 2-0, thanks to Kai Havertz capitalising on Spurs not being able to pass in their own third. And then possibly one of the freakiest own goals I've ever seen, where Tanganga headed a cross from a free kick onto Ben Davis. Um, I'm going to go to you, Prez, for this one. Oh, no, sorry. I'm actually going to go to Drew for this one, because I was speaking to him before about it. This very much just looked like attack versus the defence. Now, Tuchel started this game with four at the back instead of five. It's the first time he's done it since Chelsea. Do you think Conte was outwitted by this? Or do you think Spurs were just that bad it wouldn't have mattered? Yeah, I think the latter, man. <laughs> Sorry, not the latter. Uh, the, I don't even know. But the second thing that you said, definitely. Because that Spurs, you guys were just, yeah, Lord, Master, God. It was, it was boys v men, man. It was very, very much embarrassing. Maybe they got outwitted, but even then, man, like, sometimes I feel like in the professional game, man, like, as professional player, you should be able to adapt like this, man. But I know they're still humans, but they should be able to adapt, man, and they should be able to, you know, you know, work work around it, I guess, because they played with a two with Kane and Son on top of, on, on top of it. And and Lucas was there as well, so it was. A, was, it Lucas, was, a, was it a front three or two? It was. It was a front three, and I'll be honest, I do not remember them having a single contribution. Really, like Bro. Kane looked like a man. He, his pressing was one man show. Son, I thought that was one of Son's worst showings. Worst, yeah. He was invisible, and then Lucas again. Just there was. An, I didn't hear anything from that front three all game. Even um, we'll speak one day about Son in big games, man. Don't worry, that that agenda we'll pull it up one day. But now, Jake, Cap. Son, Son, when it matters, when it when it truly matters, City in the Champions bro. League. Bro. That's, that's like three years. Ago. Anyways, anyways, let me, answer, let me answer Jake's thing that's before we go ago. there. That's 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 your thing, boy. Um, nah, I mean, even Conte, like at the at the press conference afterwards, he went back to the whole. Yeah, my team is crap. <laughs> it's gonna take a yeah. long time, and that's what it looked like, man. Um, it it was a stark difference to um the Liverpool game that Chelsea had, even though Chelsea played good in that game as well. But Chelsea were at the same time extremely uncomfortable in that game. Whereas in this game, it was yeah, it was easy, man. It should have even been yeah. more goals, even to be Drake, honest. 
great question. Do you, do, are you watching Arsenal? Are you watching Chelsea? Sorry, thinking that you've almost caught a bit of a, like a second wind because I've watched the last couple of games now, and I'm like, to be fair, you guys look not like you're back. Like I don't think you lot were dreadful, but you had a period of time where I was watching you, thinking you were sort of lacking. Lacking something, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. Whereas, where I'm watching, I'd like what last two games in particular, you guys have looked like the dominant teams. I, I completely agree, Char. And I've got two words for you Mateo Kovacic. He has mm-hmm. like that boy has been superb recently. Like, it, but that system is based the when with those two sentiments. If we have two of Kante, Jorginho, and Kovacic. We're a fantastic, fantastic team. They provide us with so much control and they get us up the pitch so easily. And like against Spurs, like so they're completely matched up. You've got Kovacic and Saul. Oh, I thought that was Saul's best yeah, game of the season. Well fair, yeah. yeah, he looked like an actual centre midfielder. He yeah. looked at home. Those two ran the show against Hoiberg and Skip. Hoiberg and Skip were nowhere like Hoiberg, man. People, people were... People were calling Hoiberg certain last season, you know. Yeah, he's been stinky. Every time I've watched him this Bro. season, I, I'm actually confused. It's almost like, yeah, I don't know what's happened to him, man. Because I actually, I don't, don't wrong, I didn't think he was going to be like a game He was one of them still, don't but worry. But I thought he was going to be like, you know. He was good last season. Yeah, he on, was, man. he was. Like, he wasn't he bad. Was. But you he see was. me, yeah. You see my eyes, yeah. I predict the future, bro. <laughs> I but see not little the present, things. But not the present. <laughs> not the present, bro. I see little things, yeah, and I'm like, nah. Bro, he's awful. Oh, yeah, this season, he's been terrible. Terrible. I do what I think it is, because I agree with Kenny. He had a good season last season, and he had a really good Euros. Like, he was yeah. one of Denmark's standout players. Definitely. Definitely. That's facts. That's but then, facts. I think he's coming to the Spurs team, and I think, especially in that defensive unit, where he is really the leader of the defence and the midfield, I think he's just trying to step up too much. He's yeah. trying to go out of his comfort zone. Yeah. 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 I hate, he, I hate he, when players that, do that, man. Like, just do play your, play your position, game, bro. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but Jake, I think you still got to give praise to Tucho, man, because I think just the, the tactical masterstroke of where, to me, it seemed like you kept flipping between a five and a four. It's like a hybrid. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. Yeah, I think, like, I was just about to mention that again, Kenneth, because my standout players for Chelsea were Saul. I thought he had a brilliant game. But then yeah. Ziyech made that system work. He didn't, really, he didn't really have, like, any standout attacking moments, but he was constantly available to get the ball. His work rate, I thought, was the best I've seen in a Chelsea shirt. Like, he really did blow me away. So my question to you, I'll go with President, like, hearing that, do you think these two players can contribute largely to the rest of the season or do you think they're just going to fade away? Which two players? So for me, it was Saul and Ziyech, my standout ones from that game. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Chelsea have been screaming for depth uh, throughout almost this whole Christmas period, maybe throughout November as well. So to have those two players um, contributing and actually providing a positive impact to the Chelsea team overall. I mean, of course, that's something that I'm sure you'd welcome as a fantasy as well. So, yeah, man, we know that they're on their day. They're very quality players. I mean, Saul shows obviously shown it more at Atletico than he has at Chelsea so far. But if you can get him going, then, yeah, man, that's definitely a great option to have. All right. Well, brilliant. So Chelsea are going to go visit Three Point Lane next week, next midweek for the return leg taking two goal lead. It's no way goals. So Spurs really going to have to go on the offensive from the start. I don't know about you boys, but my personal prediction is we win that match and we are going to be seeing either Liverpool or Arsenal at Wembley, whoever it is. As long as we, like I say, as long as I've got those two of those three centre-mids fit, I'm confident we can play our game. Mm. Mm. Um, So we've got to move on boys to the FA Cup. Now, as I said at the start of the show, we are recording right after Arsenal's trip to Nottingham Forest. They lost 1-0 thanks to a Lewis Graben goal in, I think, was it like the 82nd, 83rd minute? Um, Char, I'm going to go to you here because you're going to be the neutral voice. I truly believe that. I'm not being sarcastic at all. Um, Arsenal, we had shocks last week for them playing well but losing against Man City, the defending champions and who look like they're going to run away with the title this year. This game, with a full week's rest against a championship side that have struggled all season, what happened? 
Mate, People I've... said they were happy and proud to support this team mm-hmm. on record, man. Listen, with Arsenal, let me say something that I've loved, like with Arsenal like, in particular. I, you, they, they, unless they, for me, for me personally, unless they go and win the Premier League again, for me, they will always be the same Arsenal. Like it, it's, it's, it's the same. It's, 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 it's like what two steps back. Three, no, two steps forward, three steps back with them. They, they're continuously always. Whenever I think, even to like a, a a bit that they're sort of turning the corner, they just do what Arsenal have been doing since I can like like since I can remember in a very long time. They just do the Arsenal in it. Like when you actually look at it, let's talk about the game itself. They were dreadful. I think um, sort of Nuno Tavares, who they were raining about. I think even at one point this season they were talking about drugs. Uh, yeah, him starting ahead of tyranny and he gives more and blah 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 dragged 30, 37 minutes in it he was dreadful um, and when you actually look at their team they had Leno who bar this season obviously with Ramsdale's um, emergence is what you'd probably class as a Premier League worthy sort of goalkeeper a very yeah. good keeper like not he's not like a sort of backup keeper obviously he's a backup keeper now but you know he, he used to be their number one um, Cedric again he has sort of mountains of Premier League experience for Southampton and also Arsenal holding and and obviously Ben White holding probably less so but still I think he's their vice captain at the moment so you'd expect him to be at a certain level um, Ben White who they signed for what 50 mil and when Lewis, when Lewis Grabbone came on you'd almost think he, they'd been playing at the same level for the whole season running 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 ragged um and then obviously their, their left back was Nuno Traoré, and then obviously Kieran Trippier, um, Kieran Tyranny. Their midfield was Odegaard, um, Lukonga, and who was the other one? Um, oh, Patino, the young Tino, man. Yeah, Patino, yeah. YouTube warrior. Um, and they also hey, had up front. This F sixty four boy. <laughs> you know, if I talk, I'm in big trouble. And obviously they had um, Inketia up front with Saka and um, Martinelli. So a team that. You just expect to win in it, especially given the fact that they that Arsenal lost last season, last game. But you, you would have thought they won with how their fans were talking. You'd expected a, a lot more from what you what you saw. But how you how you go into to uh, ninth in the ninth in the Championship team and not even get a shot on target? Like, like, it, it, like what what do you say to that? Like, I I've been very sort of probably. I was watching. Very- I was looking at the game. Yeah, so I was looking at the game, and obviously, like. Um, what do you call it? Nottingham Forest were even holding Arsenal at bay or actually like playing on a similar level to them or was even to certain points even better than them. Bro, they were better than them the whole game. So I was yeah, thinking, yeah. so I was I was thinking, okay, it's Nottingham Forest. Like I was watching it with my brother-in-law and I was thinking, like I was telling him, he was asking me, um, like, is Nottingham they? Forest, yeah. are they high in the championship? Like are they first, second? I'm thinking, I don't know. Let me have a look. Ninth, bro. Ninth. Come Ninth. on, man. Mid, mid, mid. Seat, not even. Pro- they're probably not going to get um promotion this season. Like, it's, it's, it, and this, and this is the issue I have with Arsenal, Arsenal fans as a whole. No, not Arsenal fans as a whole, because obviously certain fans like Toast, that Toast, that Toast, who are very like sort of opinionated in other ways. But last last week we were sitting here talking about well, I'm proud, I'm this, I'm that. Like when they lost. Like, where are the standards in there that Arsenal used to be held to? Like, where are the standards? Like, now, like, no one's really... Like, look, if you look at the chats, the one, right, no one's really bantering them. It's almost like, mm, it's Arsenal, sort of thing. Like, it can happen. And and, and that's my point with Arsenal. I don't need to sort of go into rants and raves about how bad they are. We all know that's been for years. But but this is the standards that their their fans hold them accountable for when they're losing to sure. City. Char, the last time they had standards, I was back in primary school, bro. That's the Basically. last time this club was, was respected. It's... It's mad, man. Basically, but yeah, I, I want to hear what what Toast has got to say to you, fair, because because obviously I've got my injection stuff ready, so so let's go. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a it's it's a it's a very very difficult one to take, man. I think like a lot of Arsenal fans probably came into this game thinking that ah, we're gonna win this. You know, what I mean, it's third round, it's not in a Forest away Championship side, but for me. And this is what I've said for like a long time. It's part of the reason why I never get excited by like performances against like City last week, for instance. I mean, like there's a standard that Arsenal used to have and we no longer have. Like Arsenal can't stroll into any game and say, you know what? This is a victory right here. Today is just such like, oh my God. Today is just such a... It, it 
it shows that we're still a long way off where we probably think we are. Like, I've got a lot of love for the young, the young squad, the young team, but I feel as if like Tavares, for instance, is he kind of epitomized the performance today. Like, didn't seem like he was ready to play. You know that he was waved. Trapped the ball. Didn't, didn't seem like he could put two passes together, you know, and he rightly so got hauled off. I know a lot of Arsenal fans had a problem with um, Tavares getting taken off before half-time, like maybe address it at half-time. But to be honest, I would have thought that that would have been the kick out the backside the team needed. The team didn't get a shot on goal today, man. I mean, they did not test the Nottingham Forest goalkeeper, not once. It's absolutely embarrassing, man. Like, Wenger is somebody who made, he actually made me proud to win the FA Cup because growing up, we, win, we won the FA Cup almost every other year, it felt like. And it's, some, it's this tournament that even though he would play relatively, um, he'd play like the second team in like the early stages, but he'd prioritise getting through the rounds and going through the motions. And for me, I don't feel as if we prioritise this game at all. I don't know if we're looking on to Thursday because of the Liverpool game, but we didn't show the respect necessary that Nottingham Forest should have got. They're ninth in the championship. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily know if they're like making a playoff run or anything, but away to a championship side, you've got to show the team respect. And we didn't today. And we got everything we deserve. I mean, it's not one of those ones where uh, the ref did this or if Saka had taken that chance, we didn't get a shot on target. We got everything we deserve today. And congrats to Nottingham Forest, man, because they deserve the win. Close. Interesting. Oh, sorry. Go on, sorry, sorry, Drew. Just quickly, um, there's a lot of apparent chatter amongst Arsenal fans apparently about, you know, one less competition means a, a better run at the top bullshit, four. What, what do you have to say about that? That's bullshit, bro. Honestly, man. I mean, like, don't get me wrong and you guys know what I'm like. I mean, I've never been one to gloat about winning the FA Cup. But at the end of the day, winning a trophy, having silverware, it means that it, it's it, there's some level of accomplishment that comes to it. So for me, while I've never necessarily taken the Carabao that seriously, the FA Cup is the cup for every single football league team. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day. And for us to go out in the third round, it's, it's not only embarrassing, but for us being the record 14-time winners, it's a complete sham, man. It's just, it's unacceptable, man. Like I'm very, very disappointed. All of this chit-chat about, you know what, it's a clear path to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's laughable, isn't it? Because we need deep it, like it's proper like, shame. We're, we're talking like we're going on like a, a run to win the championship. Yeah, like it's certain like, that you're going to keep we're winning. Competing for like the league title. <laughs> we're competing for fourth place, man. Like pull your finger out, man. Like it's it's <laughs> hey, it's it's unacceptable, man. There's no excuse for for what happened today. Now it's interesting that you said the Tavares thing. That that would be a kick on your backside because I thought as well that okay, if Tierney comes on. You know, he, he's a passion merchant, so Arsenal was to start playing better. Because, obviously, in the Spurs game, similar happened to Ndombele as well when he came off. And as soon as he came off, Spurs won, Spurs started banging in goals and started winning. So, yeah, man. The contrast. Man, contrast between the, two, between the two teams. It's, it's very, very... It's a difficult one to take, man. And, like, again, like, Sambi Lokonga, like, he's a, he's a good player. I think he's a good young player. And... Yeah, they may say it was a handball or whatever, but for me, I feel as if he was a bit slack in that moment. Like he tried to do like a dink ball past the um past the, the midfielder. And he's done that again. He's done that previously this season and it's led to a goal. Like for me, man, I just feel I think at the moment that that guy's normal, man. Very, very, he's very normal. normal. And I man, the whole demeanor of the game, it <laughs> like I would understand losing that with the idea that maybe there was a replay. But the game had to end at the city ground today. And we didn't come with the demeanor that, you know what, we have to get the job done today. So you get what you deserve at the end of the day, man. You do. Yeah. I mean, for me, that game was epitomized by Ali McCoyst absolutely ranting about Arteta in the 90th minute, bringing on Kalasanach. Oh, that, yeah. like, so confused. just laughable, what did he say? It, he, he was just literally like, what are you doing? He just could not understand it whatsoever. And he was firing into Arteta about it. And it was deservedly so. Like, you're chasing the game and you may not have all the resources. Like, I didn't know who was on the Arsenal bench today. But that is just a sign of capitulation, really. And it, they resorted to long throws into the box to rob holding to try and generate some form of attack. It was just, yeah. The, even, I think even when that, they, sorry, even when they went one nil, nil down, it still looked like... 
Nottingham Forest were was going like to get a second in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. it wasn't even like there was like a, t- a wave away after attack from Arsenal. So yeah, baffling game to be fair, baffling. All right, well, we'll move on from that because I don't think we Toast can take any more. We can't send them off on a Sunday night like that. Um, we're going to move on now to Spurs. Spurs welcomed Morecambe to three-point lane and for a while it looked as if they were going to go out. They were 1-0 down until about the 75th minute. They did eventually pull out the comeback win. They beat them 3-1. And when I was looking into the game, because I didn't watch it myself, Perez, all I saw was Ndombele had a shitter. Now, I've just been reading that he it, Spurs are going to look to move him now. I think they've officially given up on that experiment with his wages and whatnot. What do you think he could do? Like, do you think he could salvage anything from Spurs, or do you think they just need to cut rid? And if so, where could you see him going? Yeah, I, I didn't catch the game myself either, but um, I did see the clips of uh, that were being shown of him sort of strolling off uh, when he was substituted. I think uh, Gil, who was also brought off at the same time, was on the other side of the pitch, and um, Endobele was nearer to the touchline, um, but. St- uh, Gil still made it to the touchline before him. So it just goes to show that there's something going on attitude wise, or he feels he's, he's kind of checked out mentally himself from the club and um, is probably expecting to be moved on uh, in January, if not in January, then then probably in, in the summer. And uh, in terms of like a rejuvenation, um, yeah, maybe he he needs to go to a, a league, and I think we've discussed this before. He need, he needs to go to a league that's more suited to his to, uh, his pace, um, because he he likes to have uh, his time on the ball to create. Um, he doesn't do much running, he doesn't work off the ball much. So maybe like in Italy, uh, I don't know, joining up with um, uh, Jose at Roma, if that's an option potentially. Um, <laughs> Jose but, would not do that, man. <laughs> yeah, but but it, like Italy being being mm. the, the the prominent thing here is probably more suitable to to his his style of play, mm. or you know back to France or something. But yeah, I, I just don't think English football agrees with him, man. Yeah, I, I think the problem with Ndoble and moving him on is just his wages. Like, what did Kevin say? He earns like mm. two hundred grand a week. Yep. Like, I swear, man. Yeah, he is, man. Yeah, like they broke their wage structure for him. They send him for sixty five. And to get him gone, like the only thing I can see is where another club is going to swap their problem player. So in my head, I'm thinking Arthur from Juventus. You're swapping your centre mids. Mm. You're swapping your troubled positions. Like see if just a change of scenery would work for either of them at this point. But he he is a problem for that team. And Conte has got a lot of them and he's not going to be able to solve them anytime soon. Like, I mean, Drew... Spurs are now out of the FA Cup. They aren't out. They aren't in Europe anymore. They are 90 minutes away from being out of the Caribbean Cup. So they've essentially only got the league left. It's the chase for fourth. Yeah, they've got right. the FA Cup still. Oh, yeah, of course they are. Sorry, I thought they lost. God, <laughs> no, no. But, <laughs> they've got the FA Cup still. God, that's how bad it is for me today. Um, How do you see the rest of their season going right now? Um... I'm 50-50 with Spurs, but I'm never going to lie, man. Sometimes they look really, really, really terrible. But then other times I see the vision in terms of like they're, they're buying into what Conte wants for them, but it's not, it's not consistent enough. And that's where the issue is. I think they've got good papers for top four, to be honest. I think if they, if the players like have the ambition to make Champions League football and they putting their all in for that, I think they can do it. And obviously Conte being the manager that he is, he will probably demand that from them. So I think their stocks will be in the league, to be honest, in terms of a trophy. Um, yeah, the Caribbean was their only, was their only, you know, realistic thing. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I don't think FA Cup is going to happen for them neither. Uh, so yeah, man, I think top four, um, I still fancy them for the top four, to be honest. Well, personally, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Drew, and I'm going to get Prez involved here because mm-hmm. you've got Arsenal and, yes, they look shit, like, but we'll see how they do. Like, if they keep playing as well as they did against City, mm-hmm. you never know. Um, you've got the Hammers, who I think are going to just be perennially underrated. Like I yeah, called yeah. them to be a flop at the start of the year and yeah. that paid off really well. And then you've got Prez Team United, 
Like, yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know. Obviously, I think yeah. Obviously, on paper, United should should get the job done. Um, but I think like Conte will be a big factor in this, man. Especially now that they're out of the Caribbean Cup, like everything is gone. Bar that, they have still got two or three games in hand. It it's kind of in their hands still. So I think Conte can get it out of them. He he is the best coach out of all of them. Out of all the David Moyes, Arteta, and Ralph Ragnick. So. If there's anyone that can get anything out of players, it can be him. So this is what I think that maybe, um, yeah, man. If they have any any ounce of shame in them, yeah, that's what they need to go for, man. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I get that. Um, we're gonna move on now. We'll go to your team, Drew Liverpool, and then Kenneth. Please chime in. So you went down early to Shrewsbury. Welcome then to Anfield. You one 0 down, but then it was essentially a very comfortable win, a four-one win. Um, I looked at the team sheet. It was a quite strong defence. I mean, I saw Van Dyke, Canate, and Robertson, but then there were a lot of youngsters. Um, Cade Gordon got a goal. Tyler Morton, I saw, was very tidy. What did you guys think of your young bucks? Kind of start, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was there at the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Oh, was that Andrew? Bra- yeah, yeah, Bradley oh. got a working on that right side. Yeah. I was thinking this, I was watching the game, I was like, games like this is when you truly see which one of your young kids have it and have a potential to either be part bit squad players or potential to start. I can honestly say, Bradley, I don't think he's got a future, to be honest. Um, He's got nothing. Tyler Morton impressed me. I know people will remember the Spurs game, but... He has done really well. I think that's his eighth game for us of where he started Champions League games, started over Cup games, and he was really, really tidy next to Fabinho. Um, Curtis Jones is, is an issue. Like, I still don't know what his best position is, whether it's left wing coming in or like on that left side of centre mid. He hasn't got a position at the minute. And whenever he plays... He doesn't tend, he flies to deceive sometimes. He can play really well, drop an eight, nine out of 10, and then drop like today, if you agree, Drew. He was basically pointless. Like, he didn't do anything. Like, he's technically really, really gifted, but he doesn't affect games. That's Um, what I told you. Remember when I told you this, that he doesn't do much. But but it's frustrating because he has everything in the bag. If you know what I'm trying to say, like, he can do a bit of everything. He's got pace, he can pass, he can dribble. He's obviously got a strike on him. But then he can't mash it all up together consistently. It's his, it's his, I think it's his decision making, man. And maybe that will come yeah, I when agree. he gets older. No, no, I think, yeah. it's, I, think it's I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Kate Gordon, same again, Drew, of where I think that's like his fourth game for us. And Bro. for the li- for the life of me, he has never impressed me. Minus the goal he scored today. If anyone hasn't seen it, please go and look at it. It is unreal. Very like, composure. He's just turned 17. Like it, it, sometimes people forget it. He's a he's a genuine kid. Oh, <laughs> he's a kid, seventeen years old, bro. He's he's bro, a Rash, t- Rashford at seventeen was he, banging. A he didn't break through at that age. No, no, no. What, he wasn't that, that what, young. How old was he? Like, um, I think it was eighteen on older 18, seventeen. Eighteen, yeah. Eighteen. He's se- he's literally just turned seventeen. What about Greenwood? An older seventeen. An older seventeen. This is a younger seven. Like. He's number, number, Ken, no, number, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a fan. Don't, don't get a mistake. I'm a fan. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are following it, but the way they've been speaking about this kid, Gordon Donny, like he's the second, they said he's the best 16 year old in the country. Like, but he might be, he might be. That's the thing. You're not disagreeing with that, but like, if you look historically in comparison to other, let's say, so you tell me, Cobham, even even at United's academy, they don't have a ask them, ask them to put, ask them to pull up their 16 year olds right now. I'm sure that's all I'm asking. No, but that's all I'm asking. But I'm not saying I'm impressed. But the goal mm. was very impressive. It was a good we had goal. Another man. kid that um that Max kid, he was irrelevant, like void. Like there's no point of him yeah, um, walk, being on yeah. the pitch. Um, Minamino what do you think of Elijah? Half-time. Elijah Dixon Bonner. I thought he was he was. Decent, he looked all right. He looked all right. He looked all right. Um, but none of them, to be honest. Well, I'm thinking, okay, let's um in 18 months, 24 months time, they could be let's say pushing the first team. I don't think anyone Morton, really. Yeah, apart from Morton, that's about that's about it yeah, to man. be honest. But we got the job done, man. The, Bro, the our academy, our academy is terrible, man. Ter- <laughs> like absolutely, like I don't get it. Like Donny's got Greenwood, like a talent like Greenwood. Like we don't even have maybe Trent. 
Trend was our Trend's our poster boy, bro. We literally got like a big talent every. 20 years Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott Harvey Elliott he's a Fulham bro he's a Fulham he's Fulham he's Fulham yeah how was Gordon's goal tidy bro really tidy so basically the Conor Bradley drilled into the box drilled it into him actually and then he controlled it Was box was packed but he controlled it and then slotted it in man from close he took out like three players out of the game with like two touches and then opened himself up and finished like magnificent but But apart from that like he's not quick he's like um do you know um what's that donny called uh yanasai he reminds me of a poorer yanasai of where he's Mm. not quick off the ball He's, he's got a lovely left foot lovely balance but then he flies to deceive of where he doesn't pass forward too often. He doesn't, he doesn't beat too him, many man. chances. He doesn't beat <laughs> yeah. a man. He can't pass properly. Like, where's this best 17? Like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. allow it, man. And they were comparing him to Harvey Elliott. Bro, Harvey Elliott, I saw 10 minutes of him in first team. I was convinced, bro. And he yeah. was, how old yeah, is he? Yeah. He was also 16. 17, 17. 17, 17 then, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was convinced. Mm-hmm. But this Donnie, yeah. nah, man. I'm, Bro, I need to see it, man. But yeah. Jake, are you? Are you them? Not the one, man. But unlike some, we, we're through to the next round. So at it least is what the, it is, man. That yeah, is what what matters it is. at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Right. We're going to move on to my team now. So my beloved Chelsea played Chesterfield at Stamford. 5-0 drub, 5-1 drubbing, sorry. Um, my notes from that game is that our 17-year-old Lewis Hall is a baller. He is a centre mid, left third. We played him left centre back. I saw a young compilation still. I was like, all right. He he was good, man. He it was composure on the ball. That's what he looked like. He belonged. I know, like how old is he? Field. He's seventeen. He is. You above. see? You see, Kenna? He he was good, man. He was very good, and like he he was composed. He wanted to go forward. Like if people weren't giving him an option, he was literally like, "What are you doing?" Like which I think for someone that young in a team where we were playing Kovacic, Saul, like Lukaku, Werner, like big players like that. Like it's bold to act like that, but I really respected that. Um, Ross Barkley came on with 20 minutes left. He was our last sub, and he is. I can't keep ranting about how dog shit he is. Like he's getting outdone by young players. Like his ability to get the ball, wait five seconds with it, just looking around, and then make an incomplete pass anyways, just blows my mind at how shit he is. <laughs> and then fair play to Chessfield, 5-0. They've come out for a day out, loud all game. When they scored their goal to make it 5-1, I, that, I was actually happy for them. Like, I can't remember a time I actually wanted to see Chelsea concede, but they went fucking ballistic. There like was a that. lot of them, innit? 9,000 or something. Yeah. Like like the, whole, the whole, whole Chesterfield came out. <laughs> pretty much, man. Pretty much. That's Anyone cool. ever associated with that club came out. And they had a rocking day, to be fair to them, it seemed like. So, good on them. We are through. Um, Prez, your team are going to be playing Villa. I don't know if you're welcoming them to Old Trafford or you're going to Villa Park. What do you think is going to happen in that game? Um, yeah, man, I think out of the the, um, the top six teams, we're, we're playing the, the highest-ranked team in the competition thus far. So, um I guess we have to treat it like a, a Premier League game, and I assume that the the starting lineup that Ragnik will put out should uh, should reflect that. And I think we also have uh, Aston Villa um, <clears throat> in the Premier League. I think a, a few days later as well. So we're we're actually hosting Villa um, t- tomorrow. So yeah, man, I expect it to be a, a Premier League type game uh, in terms of the the level of uh, intensity and competitiveness. Um, obviously, we've looked, we haven't looked convincing. We've looked shaky. Um, Ragnik hasn't been able to implement or impose any real style or tactics on this team. But um, I'm expecting the team to be strong and I'm expecting us to, you know, treat it like a Premier League game. So, yeah, let's see what happens, man. Well, I will ask you this, President. It is a bit unrelated, but you, I'm seeing a lot of reports about how this United dressing room is just completely unsettled. Like, there's yeah. massive rifts, people yeah. aren't getting. I I don't believe it myself. Yeah, it's too much, man. It's like yeah, every time. I, I I yeah, genuinely think it's social media hysteria, man. Like I think 
someone i mean they're saying that there's a, a united source like a player that's directly leaking shit to the press um you know I, I, it just it just seems like a great opportunity to kick a club while it's down even you know when you see uh, the interviews that ralph ragnick has to take like say um the sky sports journalist um and and how they kind of interrogate him and it almost feels like they're they're trolling him to the extent where you know we hear about the 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 conferences that Ragnik has held and and the the words that he uses like the pressing controlling of games the rock and roll style football it almost seems that like any opportunity these journalists get they they throw those quotes back in his face and then ask him to explain himself on the back of it <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a little bit strange but um yeah in, in as far as all the all the hysteria around the club, um, you know, with with all these reports coming out, I'm not really listening to too much of it. Um, it's really it's a really easy thing to do when a club as big as United are in such a difficult position. So yeah, I'm not really reading into it personally. Yeah, that, I mean that's completely fair. Like I get that. I think, like you said, it's just it's an easy target. And some of the things that I've seen coming out, you just look at it and be like that's not even remotely believable mm-hmm. and yet people just know to retweet it or to give it traction exactly just for levels of banner it, put, but, it, put, it puts food on the table for the journalists man so exactly exactly um so the fa cup draw has been announced so chelsea are going to be welcoming plymouth to Stamford bridge liverpool are going to be welcoming cardiff to anfield um arsenal no they're not nottingham forest will be hosting leicester <laughs> Um, and probably the biggest game of the round, to be fair, is Spurs are going to be hosting Brighton. So, I mean, I think Chelsea are going to be going through. I imagine Drew and Kenna, you're going to be thinking Liverpool are going to be going through. Um, Spurs versus Brighton, I think that is going to be a, it's going to be a boring game, but it's going to be very difficult for Spurs to get through. I think if and unless anyone else thinks any differently, please shout. Nope. <laughs> Good. We're all on the same page there. Um, the bar is closing early tonight, lads. We're not going to be doing any shots, but thank you very much for attending, everyone. Listeners, please make sure you're dialed into our socials. We appreciate all the support and love that we get from you guys. And my name is Jake. Thank you very much for listening. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. See y'all in the next round. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, hi. Hey.